You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We get to talk sacred music today. Yes, we do. Which is exciting. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for your support of The Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining us today, the Reverend Brian Hamer, active duty Navy chaplain, back to talk sacred music and a great article again in uh, What Does This Mean? And looking forward to our chat about Box Cantata 104. Chaplain Hamer, welcome back to the Coffee Hour. Andy and Sarah, good to be with you today. So you've written a great article about uh, this Bach Cantata for Good Shepherd, um, Good Shepherd Sunday. Where does this this Cantata 104 find its place historically in the liturgical calendar, um, and what does that mean today as well? Cantata 104 was written for what we call Good Shepherd Sunday. In Bach Day in the 1700, they used what we call the one-year lectionary that you can find in the front of Lutheran service book. So the overall scheme of the church year, Advent, Christmas, and Epiphany, Lent, Holy Week, and Easter, matches up with what we know in the three-year readings. So for some of our listeners, if you use the one-year lectionary, you actually had Good Shepherd Sunday this past Sunday. For most of us, it is coming up one week from this coming Sunday. But in Bach Day, again, two weeks after Easter Sunday, the introit, the entrance psalm, would declare, The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord, by the word of the Lord were the heavens made. The epistle from 1 Peter chapter 2 will remind the faithful that they are Christ's true sheep, who, though we stray, have returned in repentance to our shepherd and overseer. And the gospel lesson, of course, from John 10 on Christ as the good shepherd, noticeably absent from that list I just gave, however, is Psalm 23. But you can instinctively work that into the sacred music, as J.S. Bach does in Cantata 104. So tell us about uh, more of the scripture basis that Cantata 104 is based on. And just a reminder that a cantata is about 14 to 24 minutes of sacred music, usually for choir and a small orchestra, maybe a couple of soloists, and would have been sung after the gospel lesson as a commentary on the gospel lesson. And so if we could hop in that time machine and go back to um, Bach Leipzig in the 1700s, we would have heard these words from Psalm 80. So again, we're not yet at Psalm 23, but from Psalm 80, Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock, you who are enthroned upon the cherubim, shine forth. And I love the way in Psalm 80, and I encourage our listeners to read all of Psalm 80, Bach only quotes the opening verse of Psalm 80, but the idea is when you quote the opening words of verse, it calls to mind the entire psalm. And notice how in verse 1, it unites heaven and earth. So, shepherd, of course, that's a very earthly image, isn't it? Very concrete, very specific. He leads Joseph like a flock. So Joseph, of course, was a shepherd. But who is the shepherd? Shepherd? Jesus. But then he goes to heaven. You who are enthroned upon the cherubim, shine forth. So he shines from heaven, for he is God, and yet he is the God who is down to earth to shepherd us with his goodness, 
and then the text takes it from there to describe the work of our good shepherd to feed his flock. So let's uh, let's talk about the structure of this cantata. Now you pointed out that a cantata is is like what fourteen to twenty four twenty five minutes. That's essentially the coffee hour right here. Yeah. So we could do <laughs> exactly. a full cantata in the coffee hour. Um, <laughs> tell us more about the structure of this particular cantata, and how does that structure then serve the text? The structure, which is typical from Bach's cantatas in the early seventeen twenties, so about three hundred years ago. It starts with a wonderful opening chorus with your chamber orchestra and your SATB, that is soprano, alto, tenor, and bass choir with no solos. And it really is an opulent and beautiful opening chorus. If you try to count with the music, you should be counting one, two, three, one, two, three. And if you find yourself in the body or at least in the heart swaying a little bit back and forth, know that that is a musical form known as the pastoral. That is, it is pastoral music normally characterized by two oboes, which for some reason we tend to associate with shepherds, and you have a little bit of swaying, and then that text, and I love especially the way he paints the word sign in German. He's going to appear above the cherubim and come to us as a shepherd of Israel. Then we go into four fairly brief solos, two for tenor, the higher men's voice, and then two for bass that talk about Christ as our shepherd and how he feeds the flock. And then it ends with a chorale that is a German hymn, normally pitched a little higher than where we sing these hymns and with full orchestral accompaniment, as opposed to most of us who probably sing with organ on Sunday morning. So a chorus, a few solos, and then a very short hymn at the end to which we presume the congregation would have sung along. And then that serves the text because it gives it somewhere to go. So we mentioned it starts with Psalm 80, then the poetic text in the middle describes the shepherd, but then it ends with a chorale that is very closely adapted from Psalm 23. So now we finally get to Psalm 23, and over an hour into the service at this point, and finally we get to hear the words, you're ready for it, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want so let's unpack the, te- the text a little bit. Can you uh, share with us the, uh, parts of the text that, uh, that we would hear in this cantata? Absolutely. We already covered the opening movement from Psalm 80, verse 1. And if you read into Psalm 80, it's interesting. Psalm 80 does not stick with the traditional shepherd deep theme. It goes with the vineyard theme. So in Psalm 80, for instance, we read, Restore us, O God of hosts. You brought a vine out of Egypt. You drove out the nations and planted it. So we're thinking in terms of the Old Testament of a vineyard, how God set up a hedge around that vineyard, and he's going to protect whatever is in the vineyard. But in New Testament terms, the New Testament has to be greater than the Old, right? In New Testament terms, they're going from a vineyard to a sheep. And Christ, as our good shepherd, is going to protect his sheep as surely as he protected the vineyard in the Old Testament. So a couple of quick highlights in the second movement. The highest shepherd takes care of me. What use are my cares? Highest shepherd stands in contrast to any earthly shepherd. We sometimes refer to our pastors as the under-shepherd, but even over them we must have the highest shepherd. The third movement, if my shepherd stays hidden too long and the wilderness makes me too fearful, my weak steps 
hastens forward, my mouth cries to you. So amidst all the anguish we have around us, the threats of the wolf, for instance, we still cry to the shepherd who hears us. And then in the fifth movement, oh, happy flock, Jesus deep. The world is for you a heavenly kingdom. Here you already taste the goodness of Jesus and hope for the reward after a, I could get this, sweet sleep of death. And even for Jesus' sheep, death is but a slumber. For as we say during this Easter season, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. <laughs> we have to respond. <laughs> Absolutely. And then, so that takes us through the, the fifth movement and then the, the, all the way back to the, the chorale, the, the sixth movement. Beautiful, beautiful. And I love how in, in your article, you, you really unpack all these and even give us the, the German references as well. You do some interlinear work with the German and English in the chorale, um, but even in the, the other uh, movements, giving us keywords in German that are helpful to know, especially if you have, you know, a little bit of a German background. Sarah's over here. Sorry, I'm mouthing the German over here. <laughs> singing through the German. Uh, the, the, from this text, so we have this cantata. Do we find these texts or tunes in our liturgical life today beyond this cantata? Uh, absolutely. I would refer our listeners to Lutheran Service Book Hymn 947. This is the chorale tune that we hear in the sixth and final movement of the cantata. But J.S. Bach does something very unique here. The tune of him at 947. That tune is associated with the words, All glory be to God on high. It's a hymn version of the Gloria that we sing every Sunday. So in hearing that tune, you think of the text, All glory be to God on high. But he doesn't use that text. The text that he uses is a very close paraphrase of Psalm 23. Now, let me demonstrate that. And Sarah, I'm going to put you on the spot here, okay? Oh, no. I'm going to sing the text of Salvation Unto Us Has Come, but you tell me what tune I'm using. Oh, no. Salvation unto us has come by God's free grace and favor. You recognize the tune? I do. I can sing the rest of it, but... Naming it is going once, going twice. I'm so Here's bad at being put on the spot. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you can, now be careful with this because this is going to be against you. If you sing thy strong word to the tune, what a friend we have in Jesus, it does not work. Well, textually it works. Aesthetically, it's a disaster. <laughs> but there I just sang the text, salvation unto us has come. But the tune calls to mind the hymn text, Dear Christians, one and all rejoice. So in this chorale, the tune, which is, this may be, by the way, the oldest Lutheran hymn tune that we use to all glory be to God on high, dating possibly as early as 1522, and therefore celebrating its 500th anniversary of this year. Well-known tune, it says, glory be to God on high, but the text says, the Lord is my shepherd. Now hearken back to Psalm 80. In Psalm 80, opening statement, Jesus is the shepherd, but he also sits among the cherubim. That is to say, he is God among the cherubim, and yet that God has become man. He is a shepherd. So the tune says, glory be to God on high. The text says, he is my faithful shepherd. And the message there is, 
He is not content just to be God on high, but he is God in the flesh who, risen from the dead, uses his nail-pierced hand to take your trembling hand and lead you safely through the wilderness of this life to the joys of life eternal. And that uh, All Glory Be to God on High, that is part of our Divine Service 3 in Lutheran Service book. So that's uh, another connection point to all of this. So how can uh, how can this cantata be used in a devotional manner? My suggestion for a six-movement cantata is to, again, most of us probably won't get to hear the entire cantata on Good Shepherd Sunday with chorus and orchestra, at least in person. Take one movement a day, Sunday through Friday. Meditate on the text. Search YouTube or whatever platform you use for Bach Cantata 104, Netherlands Bach Society, or just take it right off the uh, website. I know you have a link or we'll have a link at kfuo.org. So certainly listen to it. But then take the text and or the music and simply chew on one movement a day, Sunday through Friday, ending with the chorale on Friday, and then redo the whole thing on Saturday. Always listening, not just critically, and musicians tend to listen critically, and I am the chief of sinners there, I assure you, but simply listen devotionally. Who is my shepherd, and what does he do for me? Chaplain Hamer, what's the website where listeners can find this article? Whatdoesthismean.org, and then click on the column for Lifted Voice. J.S. Box Cantata 104 for Good Shepherd Sunday. Our guest today, the Reverend Brian Hamer, active duty Navy chaplain. Thank you so much, Chaplain Hamer, for uh, for helping us learn more about this great cantata and and how uh, where its place is in Good Shepherd Sunday. Thanks for being our guest today. Thank you both. 